This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Don't you want to be evil like me? Don't you want to be mean? So one of our next guests picked this song and we'll get into why about being evil. Um, And it speaks to a bigger, broader theme this year, and it's been a theme this year, and it's no doubt going to be a theme in 2020. Big tech, the regulation of it, what big tech stands for, what they're all about, how they're impacting our world. Let's get into it, because Vinny Catalano is back with us. He's chief market strategist at Stuyvesant Capital Management, global investment strategist at Defoe Redmount, uh, and also with us is CNN global economic analyst Rana Faruhar. She is also author of the book, Don't Be Evil, Hence the Evil, uh, How Big tech betrayed its founding principles and all of us they're both in our bloomberg interactive broker studio um nice to have you both with us um jason and i talk about this all the time first of all talk to us a little bit about the premise for your book yeah well um you know i cover the markets and you just look at the numbers and you see that basically about 80 percent of corporate value is living in 10 percent of firms and they're the firms that have the most data the most intellectual property so this is part of a massive shift that's really the industrial revolution of our time so the economic story is there the political story i mean we've been living this now for two years the fact that the model of a google or a facebook in particular is highly targeted advertising it's about targeting us down to the individual but that splits society i mean it comes with side effects it comes comes with a lot of great value but it comes with side effects then there's the brain science the social uh, issues and you know to be honest i got into this topic in some ways for a personal reason i came home one day I was looking at a credit card bill, and there were all these tiny charges, $1.99, $3. I thought, my God, I've been hacked. And then I realized my 10-year-old son has my passwords. Turns out he had racked up $900 in a supposedly free online soccer game wow. that was tracking him and selling him in-app purchases. And I thought, you know, as a mother, I was horrified. But as a, as a business journalist, I thought, I want to know everything about this. Yeah. yeah. So, Vinny, come on in here because as Rana so wisely noted at the top. I mean, this is a business story, front and center. And for investors, what's not to love about tech? I mean, Carol Mm -hmm. just went through the numbers at the close of how well these big tech stocks have done. Investors have made a ton of money here. FOMO, fear of missing out too, if you don't jump on the the investment train (laughs) here. Sure, absolutely. I think think the listeners, investors should know that there is an investment paradigm here uh, that they need to dig a little bit deeper into and understand. Rana talks about it with the uh, the targeted ads and the revenue streams that are coming from it from this surveillance capitalism system uh, that is going on. Uh, and it's interesting when Rana mentions about uh, that she was hacked, that she thought she might have been hacked. And as I begin to explore this area, thanks to Rana, that uh, I realized that yeah, we're being hacked. Yeah. But we're not being hacked in the manner of, you know, you would ordinarily think about it, the, the drill down into our behavior. Yeah. Well, so you really need to understand the, it on, on a whole range of levels. Well, we talk about the business we cover this week about Google and the generals at Google, right? You know, for a long time, Silicon Valley wore as a badge of honor, mm-hmm. uh, kind of Washington hating them. And now all of a sudden that they're middle-aged, a lot of these big tech companies, especially something like a Google, you know, they want to be involved in those big government contracts. Yeah, sure. And uh, and they're doing so, but they've got a lot of their employees not happy about it. This whole idea of, you know, not doing evil, yeah. right? This was something that they held as part of their corporate culture. 
and now things are changing. Yeah, and it was always baked into the business model, frankly. I mean, evil was was part of the business model, if you think that targeted... From day one. From day one. I mean, you go back to the 1998, the very first paper that Larry uh, Page and Sergey Brin, the founders of Google, wrote. um, It had a section at the bottom that said, if you monetize a big search engine with targeted advertising, the interests of the users and those of the advertisers are going to come into conflict at some point. And so they actually advocated for an open search engine, maybe something in the academic sphere. But, um, Mm. you know, it's interesting. Vinny's making a a fascinating point because this disruption is not just about the four or five Silicon Valley giants. It's coming to every business model. So one of the things that I find so fascinating, if you just look at the insurance industry, for example, Mm -hmm. you can now have sensors in your house, in your car that will give you a discount if, you know, if you're taking care of your plumbing um, or you're stopping quickly, but you might get a black mark if your kid is smoking weed in the bedroom. What does that do? That disrupts the entire insurance business model of pooled risk. Think about that. That's coming to every industry. The The implications are really profound. And so we've only got about a minute left in this first segment. We're going to keep you around for another. What was the biggest surprise to you writing this book? What jumped out? <laughs> you know, in some ways, the fact that it was always there. It was hiding in plain sight. Interesting. You know, that that paper. And frankly, this goes to my point. I mean, one of the side, one of the social side effects of, of this high-speed media landscape that we're in is that people don't read as much. And right. I got to think that nobody read the initial paper because yeah. we kind of would have known where we were going to be. And we want to continue our conversation. Uh, still with us is Vinny Catalano, Chief Market Strategist over at Stuyvesant Capital Management, Global Investment Strategist at Defoe Red Mount. And also still with us is Rana Faruhar. Her book is Don't Be Evil, How Big Tech Betrayed Its Founding Principles and All of Us. This is great for your stocking stuffers uh, this holiday season. <laughs> because Big stocking. <laughs> yeah, big stocking. That's okay. Stocking. There's like, this is like a must read because it does um, It's really the story impact. of our time. It is. It's the story of our time. And it impacts no matter what industry. You said before the break, you know, one of the things we need to get into is China's role in all of this. Tell us a little bit about that and where you see how that plays in. Right. Well, th- this is the story. The the economic story right now, tech, trade wars, this is really about China and the U.S. going different ways in terms of how the internet is going to be governed, in terms of strategic technologies. I keep hearing from a lot of Chinese investors that they they believe they're going to have their own ecosystem. They've already got their own big tech players, Alibaba, Tencent, Baidu, all those, but that they are going to actually have their their own uh, supply chains, their own consumer brands. I mean, a company like Xiaomi is already doing better Mm -hmm. in some in some areas than Apple in China. So this is a big split coming. And it's really interesting. It's provoking some fascinating, um, uh, strange bedfellows in the U.S. You know, you see a company like Google saying, well, you know, maybe we should be a national champion here, um, you know, teaming up with the Defense Department, uh, thinking mm-hmm. about how to kind of ring fence the, the ecosystem in the U.S. Same again with Amazon. They've tried to ring fence government purchasing. My worry is the overall ecosystem, though. I worry that it, you're, you're going to end up with a scenario where four or five big players have the entire pie, and that doesn't work. We've got to make room for other other companies, really. So four or five players sort of connotes that there would be a monopoly. Yeah. And yet we seem to need a new definition for monopoly. Right. Because monopoly pertains to price increases generally as a rule in an industrial economy, but 
in this kind of surveillance, capitalistic information economy. That's really not the case. Yeah, and you know the, the point about price is so profound because you're absolutely right. The, the whole Chicago school, you know, as long as mm-hmm. prices are going down, everything's fine, doesn't fit when you're you're not doing a transaction in dollars. You're doing it in data. It's a barter transaction. Right. So mm-hmm. that's not a that that's a very opaque market, and that's why you have this asymmetry and this kind of superstar effect with an Amazon or a Google. They've got all the information. You don't have any information. Right. So I think we are going to need some regulatory shifts to deal with that. So as you sort of finish reporting and writing this, and as you go out and talk to people, I mean, as we've been saying, we're not just saying it because you're, I mean, it is the story of our time. It's incredibly timely. Are you more optimistic, less optimistic? Have you changed your own sort of behavior or your thoughts about this through the process? Well, I I absolutely have. I mean, I've done a digital detox. It was kind of actually by force that I, um, uh, last Christmas I dropped my cell phone on Christmas Eve. It was a company issued phone and I couldn't get a replacement. And it was like, you know, going off cigarettes or something for 48 hours. I was twitchy, I kept reaching in my pocket. So um, I do that regularly now. And I've actually cut down the amount of times that I check email, which by the way, it takes you five minutes to reset every time you interrupt. So your productivity, I mean, t- that's a whole nother topic. Lost product, the productivity conundrum probably has something to do with technology and, and the effects of these firms. No, I think that's a really good point. And, and you see more and more advice saying, you know, check your email certain, you know, a certain amount of time, you know, times yeah. a day, not constantly letting it kind of interrupt your workflow. I do wonder though, in terms of regulatory oversight, where it's all heading. Yeah. Well, there's there's two big schools of thought. I mean, one is that, look, we can work within the existing system and just make some small tweaks. The other thought, and this is more how the Europeans are going, is we're going to need a really profound reshaping. I mean, the Europeans are talking about public uh, data banks, you know, where mm-hmm. you would the public sector would own this this data. But on the other hand, you've got California coming in and saying, hey, maybe we need a digital sovereign wealth fund. Because at the end of the day, if data is the new oil, you have to make sure that that value can be shared. Well... Can I just add something Please. here? Rana said earlier uh, in regards to um, the, the the capture of information and the and the anticipation of what is about to occur and you know dropping the phone things of that sort. One of the concerns that's been expressed has been whether or not the machine learning will have accomplished so much that it knows what you're going to do in anticipation of, mm. and therefore it isn't. Do you, you know, have free will? You don't. Yeah, it, it really does come down to that. Yeah, it really has. A, it has a it's definitely a ma- Yeah, <laughs> that's correct. It has a matrix feel to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a whole other level. I, like, yeah, <laughs> I think I think we I'm just going went back to thinking about. I think Turkey. we just went into the matrix briefly. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you both so much. We really true, really though. appreciate it, Rana Faruhar. The book is "Don't Be Evil: How Big Tech Betrayed Its Founding Principles and All of Us." Uh, it is a must read. It's incredibly thought provoking. Yeah. It will spur conversations, probably spur some different behavior as well, has given us a lot to think about. Uh, our thanks as well to Vinny Catalano, Chief Market Strategist for Stuyvesant Capital Management, and of course, Global Investment Strategist over at Defoe Redmount.